there in podcast land. You have set your dial to CSWR episode 31. What's the CSWR stand for? That's Combat Sports with Rhino. What do we talk about? We talk about the entire landscape of combat sports. We talk boxing. We talk kickboxing. We talk Muay Thai. But especially, we talk mixed martial arts. So, speaking of that very thing, we've got UFC 251 Fight Island last night to get to. And what a card it was. So on today's show, we're going to do our recap of UFC 251. We'll get Dre on the line for Dre's drop of the night. Our main card picks for both UFC's uh, both the UFC fight nights in Abu Dhabi, one and two on Wednesday and Saturday. A fantastic fan Q&A with the Rhino Gang and much, much more. We do not have an interview this week, but I've got a very interesting one lined up for next week, which I'll drop a little hints for you here at the end. So let's go ahead and dive right into our 251 recap. In the prelims, we had a bantamweight showdown between Martin Day out of Hawaii and Davey Grant out of England. Uh, the first round, a lot of action. A huge overhand right by Day dropped Grant. Uh, in the second, with more back and forth, uh, Martin Day was throwing more kicks. Davey Grant was kind of doing more traditional boxing, kind of a wider wider puncher. Uh, Day dropped Grant again with a kick right at the horn. And then in the third, <laughs> they're coming out swinging. Davey Grant in a beautiful exchange, a huge KO with a left hook. And it was apropos that he hit that left hook because his buddy, former training partner, Michael the Count Bisping, was on commentary. And we all know Michael the Count Bisping as left hook Larry. So great win for Davey Grant. Tough loss for Martin Day. Moving on to the also into the Bantamweight division, we had uh, Carol Rosa versus Vanessa Mello. This one was one-way god dang traffic, my friends. Carol Rosa just completely dominated Mello in rounds one and two. Mello, you know, put a little bit of a stronger performance on in the third, but this was clearly one-way traffic. Great win for uh, for Hosa. Looked a lot better than last time I saw her, so good on her. Uh, moving into the flyweight division, we had Rulian Paiva versus, I'm just going to call him ZZ for Zalgaz Zumagulov. Uh, Zumagulov and Paiva both had some really nice exchanges on the feet. That was a couple of late takedowns for ZZ. Uh, Paiva looked like he was kind of the aggressor. He was more walking ZZ down very close in the second, very close in the third. I actually gave it to, uh, uh, Zuma Gulov, but I could definitely see how Paiva won. The, the, he won by unanimous decision. So the, the, the sidebar on that was that I didn't know until after the fight, Paiva actually traveled to Abu Dhabi alone. Like, and he had to borrow corner people to corner him. That is a huge deal that he was able to go out there and perform without his normal coaches, without the normal uh, voices in the corner. I mean, that's a really, really tough hurdle to jump. And so I give him mad respect for being able to do that and perform as well as he did. So, yeah, unanimous decision for, for Paiva in that one. Moving on to my boys in the heavyweight division. Not the most exciting fight. Marcin Tybura versus Maxim Grishin. Lots of clinch work, particularly in round one. A little bit more of that in round two. Uh, three, uh, Tybura got the late takedown. About, I don't know, about three to four minutes in. Uh, took the back. Got an easy, you know, easily won the third. So it was all three for my for Marcin Tybura. Clearly dominated Grishin, who was moving up. Fair, you know, it'd be fair to him was moving up from 205. That was his first foray into, uh, into heavyweight in the UFC. So Tybura, another win. Grishin, I hope, goes back to 205 because he looked severely undersized. So moving our way into the lightweight division, we had uh, Leo Santos versus Roman Bogatov. Uh, this one was a hard one to score. The first one, I thought Santos did a little bit more. It was a great second round for Santos, who uh, took, you know, up until like the last minute, and then he took. Um, 
and then Bogotov took Leo down and did some ground and pound. But you know, this this one was hard to score. Definitely the unanimous decision for Leo Santos, I thought was the correct call. So moving on to that, we're going to get into the uh, Makwan Amirkani versus uh, versus Henry. Amirkani is such a slick submission artist, and he really put that on display in this one. This was a beautiful. Uh, immediately, like within the first minute or two, uh, got got Henry to the floor, put him in a beautiful anaconda, submitted him, and put him out, actually, and put him to sleep, and then had the, we're going to call it sportsmanship of helping to lift his legs, trying to revive him a little bit, so very good, another, that's another win for the, for, for Amir, uh, I'm sorry, I'm saying his name wrong. For Maquan Amir Kani. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Juice is going to get me on that. <laughs> Moving our way to uh, Elizu Zaleski dos Santos versus Muslim Sakiyev. Uh, we had some nice spinny attacks. It looked really good by Sakiyev. I thought Dos Santos really hung in there. I thought it was razor close. It ended up being a split decision from Muslim Sakiyev over uh, Dos Santos. It was a fun fight. I enjoyed it. It could have gone either way. Again, I, I, one of the many split decisions on the card last night. So uh, Sakilov gets the split decision. Good on him and the welterweight division. Moving on to the light heavyweights. I had this one. I think I, yeah, I called into Juice's show, Fighting With Myself podcast last week. And I said, watch this fight. I think this fight, which wasn't getting too much love, I thought this fight was going to be very exciting. And it turned out to be just that. Volkan Ozdemir, much more experienced in, in the UFC. Yuri Prohaska, a phenomenal kickboxer coming in from the Czech Republic. Him and Volkan put on a really fun first round. Volkan heard him, got him uh, kind of careening back into the fence. But Prohaska, or Prochaska, however you're going to pronounce it, he did a great job of, you know, um, riding the ship. And in the second round, man, what a KO for year. He started with a beautiful high kick. That Vulcan took and stumbled, but you could tell he was probably out on his feet. Yuri Prohaska came in, finished with a right put, put Vulcan to sleep. Holy smokes, what a finish for Prohaska. Really announced his uh, arrival in the 205 division, taking out the number seven guy. So we'll see what's next for him. Moving into the flyweight division on our main card, we had um, Amanda Hibas versus Paige Van Zant. Paige Van Zant, the much more veteran UFC fighter. Uh, versus Hibas, who, again, has looked great in her early in her career. This one, we didn't have to wait for long for this one, right? And there's a lot of heat coming in on Paige. She she gets a lot of heat for her uh, Instagram posts and the fact that she says she makes so much money out of the UFC, so on and so forth. A lot of people find her cringy and annoying. I, I don't as much, but clearly her husband, Austin Vanderford, fights in Bellator. It's been rumored for a while that she wants to get out of her UFC contract. This was her last UFC fight on this contract. She wants to go over to Bellator. So I think uh, Heba sent her that way packing. Uh, first round arm bar. It was beautiful. Amanda had the cutest interview afterwards too. I loved it. Love her. She's awesome. I hope Paige does well over in Bellator. That's I think that's where she was going to end up. So moving our way into the second fight of the main card, Jessica Andraj and Thug Rose Nami Yunus 2. So Jessica Andraj and Thug Rose put on a fucking show. First two rounds, clearly back and forth, but I thought Rose was getting better of it. That peppering jab, the clean, crisp one-two. Jessica would rush in and throw some hard, wide, winging punches. I've often um, I've often compared Andrade to John Lineker. I think they fight a very similar style, <clears throat> but Rose was 
good in using her footwork and her height. In the third round, I definitely gave it to Jessica. The She heard her with a shot. She heard her with a beautiful throw. Uh, Rosla got really lumped up. Her eye was swollen. Nose was bleeding pretty bad. But I thought it was very clearly two rounds to one. Thug Rose. Thug Rose gets the win, avenging her uh, last loss to Jessica from the giant head slam that was. Man, what a fight. That was awesome. So, speaking of what a fight, moving our way into the vacant bantamweight title fight between Petrion. I heard it. I heard it <laughs> referred to in many different ways. Piotr, Pietre, Peter. I'm just calling it Petrion, okay? That's what I'm sticking with for now. Versus longtime featherweight champion Jose Aldo at 135 for the, like I said, the vacant bantamweight title that was left open by Henry Cejudo's uh, retirement. What to say about this one, man? This was so back and forth, especially the first two rounds. All those leg kicks looked like the Aldo of old until Jan uh, put that really hard check up. And man, that must have hurt or just made Aldo not want to throw many more leg kicks for the rest of the fight. Uh, although it was really close the first two, but I thought Jan in the third, Jan in the fourth, and then Jan in the fifth dropped Aldo early, jumped on him, just vicious ground and pound that went on for way too long. Ref should have stopped it earlier. I, I, I hope Aldo's okay. I mean, I know we talk about he's only 33, but it's the age, not the miles, and the guy's got a lot of miles on him, and Boy, Petra really put a beating on him. So congratulations to Petra Jan on the victory. I, I hope um, Aldo's okay. We'll see what's next for him. So uh, moving our way into the featherweight division, this one was the most controversial of the night. Uh, we had Alexander Volkanovsky with his rematch with Max Holloway from their last uh, title fight where Volk took it from Max. This was very close fight all the way through, guys. I mean, I know you know it. I've heard the word robbery used a lot, but we'll get to that in a minute. <clears throat> to me, again, it was close, but I thought Volkanovski uh, clearly got beat by Max in the first round. The heavy leg kicks that Alex was landing were really taking their toll, especially in the first couple. But again, I gave the first two rounds to Max. Uh, Max is sharp. You know, he dropped him twice. Max is sharper, crisper punching. That uppercut was sick. Max looked like he won the first two to me, okay? The third round is really the debatable round. I, I gave it to Volk on my scorecard, but I could absolutely see how um, I could absolutely see how Holloway was the was on a lot of people's scorecards, how they had it for him. But again, I had it for Volk. I had, well, the, the fourth was not debatable to me. I thought it was clearly uh, Alexander. So going into the fifth, I had it two to two. Again, in the fifth round, I thought that could have gone either way too. I gave a sled as Volkanovsky, but again, the third round. So I've watched it back again. It's so goddamn close, man. Um, I could absolutely see Max have, having won that fight three rounds of two, but they kept it with the champion. Volkanovski retains. If you look at I know people, I know fight metrics doesn't mean much to a lot of people, and I know it's more of the eye test, and I fall into that category as well. Um, but Volk did outland Max by about 30 more strikes and had three more takedowns. So if you're really fired up about the word robbery, I, it's really hard for me to use that word. Again, my eye test gave it to Max. I, for somehow I scorecard the one I did last night, I gave it to Volk, but then I kind of was a little flippy floppy today when I rewatched it. So again, it really could have gone either way. Uh, but Volkanovsky retains at the end of the day. So good on him for doing that. Then we move into our second title fight of the night. We had, I'm sorry. Yes. Our third title fight of the night. Uh, we had the Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Gamebred Masvidal, which, you know, what to say about this fight? <laughs> okay, this was not the most exciting one you've ever seen. 
It was a lot of clinch work, a lot of foot stomps by Usman. Gamebred tried valiantly to keep it getting separated and strike, but Usman was too strong, too good of a wrestler, imposed his will for all five. Clear unanimous decision for Usman, but you know, you you cannot like downplay the shout out to how amazing it was that Jorge came in on six days notice, put you know, saved the main card, did all that. So his stock doesn't drop at all. I, I really look forward to seeing what what's next. I don't know what you do next. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, it's probably going to be Burns and Usman would be my guess because he was the original. You know, he was the original opponent for Kamaru. But to me, Jorge deserves another shot at some point. Yeah, that's all I'm really going to say about that one. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, Rob the Rhino Gang, let's go ahead and get Dre on the horn, and we're going to get our Dre's drop of the night from last night. Dre, are you there? And are you ready to rock and roll? I am here. Let's awesome. go. So what was Drea's drop of the night from UFC 251? Well, I don't know how it could be anything else other than Yuri Prohaska. Oh, my God. Just 48 seconds into the second round. Um, he wobbled Volkan with this uh, head kick. Um, right after the head kick, it looked like he was going to attempt a flying knee and then stop, jabbed him up, and then... Man, this freaking bomb of a right hand that just knocked him silly, and he was out cold on the ground after that. So, um, my drop of the night definitely has to go to Yuri Prohaska. Yeah, the only other one that you would even be in the running would have been the day uh, when he got knocked out by uh, oh, Grant. By the, yeah, by Grant, the Englishman with that left hook. But man, yeah, but I, it was that. I feel like that was nothing. <laughs> yeah. I think by the time that happened, it was like. Although the Grant knockout was, it was beautiful, but man, that, that one just knocked it out of the park for me. Oh, without question. I I definitely agree with you on that one. So let's go ahead and get jump right into our first set of main card picks for this coming Wednesday. A very, a very interesting, cool card. I'm really looking forward to uh, this coming Wednesday. So I'll go ahead and uh, get us started with, I've got Meatball Molly McCann over Talia Santos by UD. What do you have in that one? Um, I'm actually taking Tyler Santos, um, defeating Molly McCann by a TKO in the third. We got TKO three for Drea before Talia in that one. Okay. Moving on to Carla Cookie Monster Esparza. I've got her beating Marina Rodriguez by UD in their fight. Drea, what's your call on that one? Uh, same thing. UD for me as well. UD for Carla Esparza? For, for Carla Esparza. Yes. Okay. We got Tim Elliott versus Ryan Benoit. I got Tim Elliott, the longtime veteran. I got Tim Elliott by third round sub via triangle choke. Triangle choke for Tim Elliott over Ryan Benoit. Third round. What do you say? Um, I'm actually going with Ryan on this one. I think Ryan Benoit's going to uh, KO Tim Elliott. And, Whoa. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the KO for that one. I think She's he's going to get it in a second. Full <laughs> prediction on that one. Well, right. he, has a, he has a little knockout history, so. All right, that's true. But Tim Elliott's very tough. and doesn't get finished too often. So, yeah, we have a great, uh, we'll have a great debate on that one. So, Frankie right. Edgar, Frankie Edgar and his new hair, his new hairstyle, <laughs> I think is going to beat Pedro Munoz, but I think it's going to be very close. I'm going split decision, Frankie Edgar over Pedro Munoz. Uh, I'm going Pedro Munoz with the, uh, not a split decision. I'm going to say unanimous decision. We're going UD for Pedro on that. Vote for Pedro. Dre is voting for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Who do you think? 
<laughs> All right. So then we've got our main event with this. God, this one has explosive fucking potential written all over it. Calvin Cater versus Dan Ige. I think this one is probably going to end up being fight of the night. Uh, I think these two are amazing athletes, both bangers. I got Calvin Cater beating Dan Ige by fourth round TKO Drea. What say you? I have Calvin Cater uh, as well with the TKO, but I'm going in the third. Calvin Cater TKO in the third. All righty. So we have our main card picks for Yaz Island Fight Night 1. Now let's slide our way over to Yaz Island Fight Night 2, which was originally supposed to be uh, Figueredo Benavidez for the vacant 125. It sounds like, uh, Fie- am I saying that right, Figueredo? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm terrible at this anyway. Not at, <laughs> not at podcasting. I'm, I'm pretty good at that, but just it's pronouncing certain names. I think I say Figueredo also, so I think okay. I think that's right. <laughs> well, at worst case scenario, at least there's the two of us who have it wrong together. <laughs> and Juice will let us know. <laughs> Juice will absolutely let us know. And you know what made me feel better, too, was that Ashley, the MMA nerd, had her uh, new episode come out the other day, and she mispronounced a few things, and she just made it so cute, like, oh, geez, I think I probably mispronounced that one, and I loved it. I was like, okay, I'm not, <laughs> at least I'm not the only one who mispronounced it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Davison Figueredo versus Joseph Benavides for the vacant 125-pound belt is off. It sounds like they're going to slide uh, Alex Pantoja in the Figueredo spot versus Benavides, which only benefits Benavides. So I've definitely got uh, Benavides winning by uh, third-round TKO if he does fight Alex Pantoja. Um, I'm going with Benavidez as well, um, with a UD. Okay. So that takes care of the Askar Askarov fight. I don't know if they're going to find him or place, but we're just going to pretend like he doesn't have one and we'll see what happens between now and then. So then we got, uh, Arian Lipsky versus Luana Carolina. I've got a- Arian winning by unanimous decision in that one. What do you got? Uh, same. I have Arian as well. Um, be a decision. I think she's she's just going to outstrike her through the fight and get the des- get the decision. Yeah, I do too. So then we have a very possibly exciting fight between Mark Jacasey versus Rafael Fiziv. I don't know. Uh, I got Mark. <laughs> I got Mark winning by first round KO. Jacasey's going to catch him with a fucking right hook, put him to sleep. Rafael's going to sleep. KO round one. Mark Jacasey in this one. What about you? I have Mark Jacasey as well. I. Didn't have it happening in the first round, um, but I'm going second round uh, by KO. All righty. We got Jack the Joker Hermanson, or Hermanson, I should say, over uh, Kelvin Gastelum. I think this one has a really good potential for another banger, kind of like like (laughs) Kelvin had with Izzy that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've I've got the Joker winning, though. I think his height and his ability to control range and his... Just overall uh, striking on the feet ability is going to be just enough to get by Calvin. So I've got Jack the Joker Hermans, Hermanson versus Calvin. I got a split decision for Jack the Joker. What about you? I have Hermanson as well. Um, I I'm actually thinking a TKO though. I'm I'm going to go Hermanson and with a TKO in the third. You gotta say that with more conviction. You were like, I think I see a TK. I know. I like Kelvin Gastelum, and it's and it's hard for me to actually go against him. But I don't know. I think Hermanson's gonna get it done. So. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are gonna get into our Rhino Gangs Twitter Q and A, which we all love ever so much. Love hearing from the Twitter, uh, from the Twitter verse. So our first one, uh, Drea, comes from. Uh, first time write-in questioner, I believe, my homie Jay uh, 
Team Marietta, also at Cradle in Flames. What does Jay have for us this week? What is going on in the light heavyweight division? Supposedly, Jones retired. Santos and Reyes were the logical next fight for the belt, but now Santos and Teixeira was just announced. Doesn't sound like it's for the belt, but is Jones going to rematch Reyes? Otherwise, where does that leave Reyes? What the hell's going on in this division? Yeah, dude, I don't think John Jones is retired for a god dang second, okay? The Dom Reyes rematch is eminent. It's what I think is going to happen. It's what everybody wants to see. It's it's the only one that makes sense at 205, right? So, if John Jones is not moving up to heavyweight, then he needs to defend his belt against Dom Reyes. So I think that's what is going to happen. Um, so I've got Dom Reyes having to wait around kind of in flux until they can figure out their situation with John Jones. The, the fight between Tiago Santos and Glover, when I first heard about it or saw it, I was like, oh, I don't really like that for Glover right away. But then when you look at it, that is two versus five in the ranking. So it does make sense. That just leaves Jan Blakovich and Corey Anderson as the other two in the top five. Um, so, again, I see the winner of Glover and Tiago, which is probably going to be Tiago. I think they are going to have to kind of wait and see what happens with Jones and Reyes, and then they'll be in position to fight the winner of Jones and Reyes. And so I, that's kind of how I see the the landscape of 205. Now, if if um, if if Jan Blakovich wants to fight Corey Anderson, that makes sense, too. But, you know, there was talk about Jan getting a shot at, at John. I just I just don't see that happening, dude, at least not right now. I think the Reyes rematch is what's going to happen. I think it's what should happen. And then the winner of Glover versus uh, Santos gets the next shot. That's kind of where I'm at with that. So, Jay, thank you very much, my fellow, 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 fellow metalhead. <laughs> Thanks so much for that question, buddy. Uh, my next one comes from my dear homie, the Raging Sweet Potato from up in Canada. What do you got for us this week, Raging Sweet Potato? Which sport do you think makes the better base for transitioning into MMA? American football, Australian rugby, or soccer? Also, the guy who broke the mirror in your story, I got to know, did he lose his fight? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and answer that one first. Uh, yes, he did lose his fight. Now, he, uh, again, I'm not going to say his name, but he he had a pretty bad boxing record, right? But he had a pretty decent MMA record. Like, he actually fought in Bellator, fought in King of the Kings. Like he fought... um. He fought Crazy Horse Bennett one time, so he he was he was somebody who you know was a pretty decent MMA fighter, but his boxing wasn't very good. And uh, yeah, I think he just took him for to stay active and for some extra paychecks. But yeah, he uh, he definitely lost that night too. So, um, but yeah, as far as getting back to your main question, I think Australian rules football because of, here's the reasons. I think the sustained movement, which equals cardio, right? They're they're super duper tough. They don't wear any pads or anything, and they're tackling the crap out of each other. And then also that these are these are guys who are used to um, constant battle, right? So NFL football players, I think, are more superior athletes overall. But NFL athletes are stop and go. The game of football is very explosion rest, explosion right you got lots of time in between plays to recover and that's just not how mma works for the most part so uh and soccer players they don't no no i think soccer players have great cardio and that's where i'm going to leave it at that because i don't want to offend anybody who's into soccer i have no problem with soccer i'm just thinking to, <laughs> to, to to answer this question i think it's definitely australian rules football players for me buddy so that's a great question and thank you very much and i know our next one comes from my homie 
Phil, the MMA dude from the Split Decision Podcast. And what does Phil have for us this week, Drea? Hey, Rhino. Of all the major recent triple title cards, which were you most excited for before it started? UFC 205, 214, 217, 245, or last night's 251? Oh, Phil, the MMA dude, this was an easy question for the old Rhino. Take me back to November 4th, 2017, from the greatest arena in the world, Madison Square Garden, New York, New York, UFC 217. Dude, I was so hyped for the GSP return, going up a weight class, the four-year hiatus. What was he going to look like? How was he going to fight? Was Bisping going to turn back the clock? I mean, there was so much into it. I was so hyped for that. The bad blood that had been building between No Love and TJ for forever, dude, like, I couldn't wait to see that one. There were so many subplots, the whole the whole team alpha male backdrop, and they were such good friends and all the oh man, it was so good. I was so stoked for it. And then JJ had been running rough shot through everybody, right? I knew for I don't know why. I knew maybe because of Rose's size, because of who she had fought, because of how she looked, her camp, who she was training with. I just knew Rose was gonna give her a good fight. I didn't think Rose was gonna win, right? I had picked JJ to win, but I thought it was going to be a really close fight. That fucking card ended up being outstanding. My boy Wonderboy beat Game Bread, which was a good fight. Uh, Costa got rid of Johnny Hendricks for good. And Johnny Hendricks, for those of you who don't know, is in my top five of my least favorite fighters ever. So I was very glad to see Costa take out uh, Johnny Hendricks in that one. So definitely for me, dude. UFC 217 is the answer on that one. That was a great question. So thank you, my friend. So before we, um, Get into our voice questions. We're going to say goodbye to Dre, and we will we will talk to you next week. And thank you so much for your picks. And uh, just real quick, um, who who was perfect on the main card last night between the two of us? Oh my! Was that gosh. me? Was that me or was that you? I'm having a hard time remembering. That was you. But, oh, that's but right. overall, who had the who had more probably, picks? Correct? You probably smoked me because <laughs> my fucking prelims were terrible. And I was good. So you I was ten me. and three. 10 and three <laughs> so, overall. Yeah, you, so yeah. Smoke, you smoke, yeah. So yeah, I made the mistake of like my head knew Usman was going to win this fight, but there is, I, I'm just not an Usman fan. And I, I went with my heart, changed my pick and went with Masvidal. And yeah, that was a mistake. So I very specifically calling you a flip-flopper. <laughs> yes. I was very much a flip-flopper. I probably oh, will so never funny. do that again. <laughs> I'll yeah. go with my gut instinct next time, and I would have had a perfect card as well. Drea definitely, Drea definitely had better picks than me for the whole card, but I got her by one on the uh, main card. But yeah, you did a great job on your picks. Drea's job of the night, Twitter question reading, and overall awesomeness. Thank you so much for joining us again this week, right. Drea. And we will talk to you very soon, my friend. All right. See you next week. Now, everybody, since we've gone through our Twitter questions, let's go ahead and dive right into our voice questions for this week. I know my first one comes from my homie Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes. The man is a genius. I call him the Einstein of graphic design for a reason. You guys should definitely check him out. His artwork is unbelievable, mind-blowing stuff. So, Dave Fretz, what do you got for us this week, my man? Hi, Rhino. Hey, what's going on, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. I want to ask you about your opinion regarding Usman's rep- performance. Um, I don't know. I personally get uh, bothered by all the chatter from non-fighters <laughs> on social media that really uh, come down on the game plan, the way he shut down Masvidal. 
Uh, I'm not a huge Usman fan. Uh, I probably I'd say I was probably more a Masvidal fan than Usman. It's hard not to love Jorge Masvidal and the way he fights. It's exciting, but um, yeah, I'm just curious uh, regarding your thoughts on that. Um, it was the same thing when GSP was fighting, and people would get down on him for his quote unquote lay and pray style. Um, my personal opinion is that when there's that much riding on this, that much money and that much stakes, you do what you got to do to win. Anyways, want to hear your thoughts. Oh, I know the voice at the beginning of that one. What's up, Judah? The Combat Sports is right on mascot, my little buddy. So, Dave, to answer your question, Usman's performance was definitely not one that I think is going to stick out in our memories for good reasons, right? Um, it wasn't the most exciting fight. It's a really tough balance, especially for people at the top of the food chain between what's the smartest path to victory and then what are fans going to want to see? Like, what's a way to be exciting and entertaining? I think Kamara was obviously very smart in his strategy because Jorge is such a great striker, right? I would implore Kamaru to try and increase the output of punches and elbows when he's in the clinch position more than the foot stomps and holding. Um, Not only to be more entertaining and exciting, but I think that would, in the end, be more effective. So I get wanting to, you know, strong arm your guy up against the cage. I get that. That's smart. But just try to implore some more striking, and not only are you going to be more exciting to fans, but it's more effective and it does more damage to your opponent. But we can't forget a couple things with this answer as well. First of all, he was amazingly exciting and entertaining against Colby. They put on a great stand-up war with a huge output, so let's not forget that. That was a slugfest, dude. Also, that I know that Game Bread is going to get all the credit for taking his short notice, and rightfully so. But you got to remember, when there's a short notice replacement, the original guy has to fucking adjust to that too. So it wasn't just a late replacement that George was the replacement. Camaro had to readjust to a totally different fighter than Gilbert Burns, who he had originally trained for. So he was taking it on short notice in a sense too. So I want to, I want to make sure we, we, we put a little sugar on this, just a little sugar coating on this as well. Cause he had a lot to deal with as well. So again, I would try to be more exciting, try to put more strikes together against the cage. If you're going to do that, but it was a smart strategy overall to get the uh, dominant win. So Dave Fretz, thank you so much, my dear friend. And talk to you later, Judah. All right. And my next voice question comes from my homie Kairos from the Woe cast. The man is never lacking in passion. <laughs> and uh, Kairos, what do you got for us this week, my dude? What is going on, man? I've got a serious question for you. Okay. It's not that serious, but a lot of people are very upset with this current state of judging in MMA. And my question for you is, what can we do to improve the accuracy of scoring fights? Me personally, I think we need to add more judges and remove them from the stadium so they can't hear the crowd. And last but not least, we need to normalize giving rounds draws as well as having fights being called as draws. But that's just me personally. What do you think we can do to also help? And if you say allow fans to score the fights, I will come after you. I'm not joking. All right. Have a great day. Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Okay, so we've discussed this on the show here and there in little bits and pieces. So. The main thing that I take away from this is my biggest thought is, is let's try to make an attempt. And I say let's as in us as fans, uh, fighters, promoters, commissions, let's all make a conscious effort to try to entice training former high level professional fighters and professional coaches into the judging chairs. Does that automatically mean that they'll be good? No. But I believe it gives us a better chance of the fights being scored more accurately and, you know, be seen in a way that the judges who have never been in there at a high level or have never coached at a high level don't see it. 
right? Give them different angles, different idea of what's going on from different positions. I just think it could be scored more accurately by someone who's been there. Is that a for sure plan for success? No. Um, am I am I okay with if they decide to employ employ the uh, half points? Sure. Am I okay with more draws? Absolutely. That idea that you threw out, I've actually never even heard of that, was having the fucking audience score like they're voting on some game show with the push buttons in their seats or whatever. I've never even heard that. So, no, I, that, that thought had never even crossed my mind. So, great question, Kairos. If you guys want to check out Kairos at the WOCast, him and the rest of the gang of the WOCast, it is a fabulous, fantastic, awesome, super amazing MMA podcast you guys should definitely check out. So thank you very much again, Kairos, my Michigan homie. Alrighty, and I know my next one comes from Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast. And D-Reigns, what does Juice have for us today? Rhino! It's your boy, Juice, from the Fighting With Myself podcast. And I want to know, what do you think is next for Muslim King of Kung Fu, Salakhov? I gotta, I gotta be honest, I was really high on this, well, still am. Not gonna lie, I'm still am. Still a big fan, real big fan. But I was expecting more of more of a bloodbath last night. We didn't get that. I mean, Eliseu Zaleski dos Santos is that good, and I knew it could happen. But I was blinded by my standum in true juice fashion. But I want to let you know what do you think is next for him? He called out the leech, uh, Li Jingyong, in one of his uh, recent fights. I like that fight a lot. I think we need to see that. Eliseu lost to the leech. Um, Muslim just beat Eliseu. I think it's the fight. Get at me. Juice, my main dude from the Funny Women Best Self podcast. I'm going, I'm going off the rails on this one, dude. I'm going cray cray. I'm jumping him a bunch of a bunch of spots. I'm talking Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Let's go to King of Kung Fu versus the nicest motherfucker here. And, let, and let's let's make it happen. All the spinny shit. I'm for all of it. All the crazy kicks, all the distance, all the I want all the spinny shit. So I'm going next for him. Steven Wonderboy Thompson. That's my answer on that one. I'm sticking to it. Don't at me. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling in, Juice. And I hope you enjoyed my question for your show this week. It's a little bit more involved. So, yes, that's my answer on that. Okay, like I said this week, we are not having a guest. But next week, we most certainly are. And here are a couple of hot clues as to who it might be. So, this person is a fighter in the Invicta organization, the Invicta promotion. They train out of Dublin, Ireland at Straight Blast Gym. Very exciting, very cool fighter. Uh, and that's about all I'm going to give for you guys because that, that lady, I don't know how many uh, females they have over at Straight Blast, but there's probably not a ton. So that's going to be your clue for this week as to next week's guest from Straight Blast Gym and the Invicta promotion. So I definitely want to give my shout outs to everybody in the Rhino Gang who offered up questions this week Jay at Cradle and, Fa and Flames. Rage of Sweet Potato, the homie Phil, the MMA dude from the Split Decision Podcast. My man, Dave Fretz. My man, Kairos, who's a first-time call-in question lever from the WOCast, the fabulous WOCast. Uh, my boy, Juice, from the Fighting With Myself podcast. I want to also give a special shout-out to my dear friend, Laura Purple Pants, who's back in the Twitter sphere. Uh, she's my dear friend. Uh, she knows why. Great, great person. Definitely give her a follow. She is awesome. Not only in Twitter, but IRL too. So, uh, thank you guys so much. I definitely look forward to having two fights this in this next few days. Definitely looking forward to the two fight cards on Wednesday and Saturday. 
Uh, I'm stoked, man. Two fights in a few days. That's awesome. We should definitely uh, keep reminding ourselves that we are still all in this mess together. Let's socially distance. Let's keep ourselves at home when we can. Wash our hands, wear our masks, do everything we can. And once again, if there is no justice for everyone, there is no justice for anyone. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Cape Side!